0: That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts, and of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. Cell Watts is a people experience expert. Cell launched her first business HR consulting firm, What's Next, in 2007. She started her Australian office at the age of 30, just months before the 2008 global financial crisis, with no business plan, no financial backing, no local connections, and no family support, and a newborn baby. Fast forward to today, her founder role at What's Next Australia has expanded to her favorite city in the world, New York, and to the creation of What's Next PX. This opportunity has grown from her solid expertise in advising CEOs and founders on business and people-related challenges and opportunities. She has a true understanding of what it takes to grow a business and a love and passion for entrepreneurialism. Due to her awesome teams in Australia and New York, she has also been able to fuel her entrepreneurial flame by undertaking her most recent startups, Scrappy, Your Secret Sauce, and Zuta. She has also sat on the boards of entrepreneurial's Organization, EO, and the Australia-Israel Chamber of Commerce. As a self-confessed personal development addict, she has gained her knowledge from hundreds of hours of coaching, mentoring, courses, workshops, travel, reading, conferences, and network gatherings. Sal is also a mom to three boys, who she says she is giving a front row seat in dream-chasing, building resilience, and forging your own path. Welcome to the podcast, Sal. All right. So let's just jump into it. Um, so Sal, we we heard a bit about you, um, all your accolades, and a bit about your journey in the intro to this podcast. But I think that for people listening, it would be wonderful to hear it in your own words, Talk to us a little bit about your journey um, and how you made it from Australia, where you're from, and to New York, where you are currently.
1: Yeah, the best city in the world. My dream city, and I'm here. Yeah, I think um, probably the key part of my story or the one that I think is, is most important to share is that. Uh, where, when I look at where I am today and I'm nowhere near where I want to be I will always. I know I'll always be striving for um to do more and experience more things but if I look back I had nothing in my toolkit really to um to to get me to where I am so and what I mean by that is that Uh, When I started on this journey of becoming an entrepreneur and chasing my dreams, um, if I told you this is where I'm at, this is who I am and this is what I have, my assets that I have, um, most people would have never thought that I could have gone and done what what I wanted to do. And I think this is really important because we are told so much that we need to have all of these things to be able to do this or be this. And I, I strongly disagree with that. So when, to, to give some background, I really had no idea what I wanted to do uh, through school and I remember when I'd have career counselling at school, they, they didn't know where to put me, they didn't know where to send me for um, work experience. I just I just didn't know, um, but I knew that I wanted to share inspiration with the world and um <clears throat> I think I've shared with you before I didn't have a very safe and secure childhood and so I really didn't have that great foundation uh, setting me up. And so when I, um, I went to, in Australia they call it university, here it's college, I, I followed that path and I went to university and I dropped out three times. And um, I was going because, you know, that's what you do that's what you have to do and it just wasn't for me you know I just don't I can't learn that way um, I was always reading books and going to courses and then as I got a bit older uh, going to conferences and workshops and getting mentors and then you know listening to podcasts and watching videos but I could never learn through that traditional way. But I kept trying because that's what everyone said. Eventually I realised that, you know, that's just not the path for me. But uh, again, I started, you know, working. I travelled a lot and um, really trying to find my thing, which I just didn't know. And I hadn't had the guidance from my parents to really direct me and help me work out what my strengths were and where that should be channelled. Um, so I sort of fluffed along for for most of my 20s and it wasn't until I was 30 that I started my first business and at that time it was quite interesting because I started a business in an industry that I had spent a relatively short amount of time in but that I really hated. I, it was the human resources industry and uh, I was really disempowered by this space because When I joined the HR industry, I started as a recruiter and that's a very dynamic industry and um, full of people that are very driven and sharp and smart and I love that industry. And then I moved into HR and I started to um, network with other people in my industry so that I could, you know, start to learn the trade. And I was so underwhelmed. I was so underwhelmed. These people were not dynamic. They weren't making a difference. They weren't... They were complaining about why they didn't have a seat at the table but they weren't bringing anything to the table. And I started to learn that this space of helping businesses with their people was so critically important yet the people that were holding that space uh, didn't even understand the real value and where you could add the most, um, add the most benefit. So I decided to start a business that works specifically with small to medium businesses because I passionately believe that small to medium business owners are the ones that change the world. We employ the most amount of people and we have the least amount of support from the government. We put our lives and our families' lives on the line for a dream and we go for it because we believe that we can make a difference. So I'm very passionate about small to medium business. And so I felt that small to medium businesses needed support with managing their people. They really didn't have any idea how to recruit, how to in, uh, inspire someone, how to train them, how to terminate them if required, and how to build teams, and no one was there to support them. There was large recruitment agencies that could help with recruitment, but they were so expensive. And then to employ a HR manager or a people performance manager, You don't need it at that size um, if you're sort of under 50 staff and you can't afford it. So I decided to start a business that works specifically with small to medium business owners, the owners, the entrepreneurs on how to make their people awesome. Now, at that time, as I said, I was thirty years of age, I had no qualifications. Uh, I had been in the industry a relatively short amount of time. I had no business background, I hadn't grown up in a in family business. It was the start of the global financial crisis, and I had a three month old baby, I had no money, and I had relocated to another state in Australia, so I had no family support around me. So I had nothing in my toolkit. So if I'd spoken to a a business advisor or a business coach and said, hey, I want to start a business, what do you think? Um, I think the advice would have been uh, no. Um, But what I had was two really, really important things. One was that I had a really clear vision of what I wanted to create. I knew exactly I wanted to change the way businesses utilised HR, so I really wanted to disrupt the industry. I wanted to inspire and develop people that worked with me and worked alongside me. And um, I wanted to be internationally recognised for, for my voice on this, in this area, for small businesses and for people performance. And that vision still is still the vision of that business to, to this day. And the other thing I had was I had an enormous amount of naivety. I had no idea of all the things that I didn't have. I didn't have any, I hadn't spent any time thinking, oh, it's a global financial crisis, I don't have any qualifications, I don't have any money, I've got a baby. I didn't, I just didn't even think about those things. Mind you, there was no social media back at that time. So that, uh, you know, that comparing yourself to others wasn't as obvious. Um, And so those two things then led me on a path to go, I'm going to change the world. And it sounds really silly. I was in my little spare bedroom and um, I'm gonna go and do that. And that naivety and that vision were really the two most important tools that I needed to get going. And so that was really how I started. that was nearly 13 years ago.
0: If you could do it all over again, what would you have done different would you have done anything differently just in the initial start of it um, it could be something big it could be something small but you know given all that you've learned along the way um, what would you what could you have tweaked if anything
1: yeah I often thought about because I then so I had my first son who's three months old and then I went on to have two more sons and I often would think, oh, I wish I'd started the business sort of five years before I had the kids because I would have had that five years where I could have just focused purely on the business. But, and I remember there were times when I thought that. I don't think that anymore. Um, I think that I would have built a different type of business if um, that had been the case. And I think that I would have struggled more when I then had children um, in that journey. So... So I don't at times I thought that but I don't think that now um, I there are things that I would I would have do differently throughout the journey and, and mainly around um, probably my my per, personal world and my leadership so I learnt um, and as you know really a the biggest part of the service offering that What's Next offer is our the fact that we are the same as our clients. You know, I've been through everything pretty much that most of my clients have been through, and and I learned a lot about leadership because when I started, I had never been a leader um, or had people reporting to me, and um, and I had the I had a vision that um, I would I would help people change their lives. I would help people create the life they've always dreamed of. And I and I really tried to do that until I realised in a very harsh way that it's not my responsibility to create someone else's life or to change someone's life. In fact, even thinking that is quite judgmental. And um, and whilst it was coming from a good place, uh, it, it isn't what we're re- responsible for. My job was to create a strong business with good leadership and all of the um, resources available for someone to make the most of it and create whatever they want but it wasn't my job to do it for them and so i think i learned along the way a lot about um how best to lead people and i really um didn't do that well in the beginning although in the beginning it looked like i was doing it well but but i actually probably wasn't so as far as what i would what i would change i mean you know i'm a big believer that we can listen to other people and we can learn from others but the only way to really learn is to is is ourselves and to have those tough times and to make those mistakes and really feel that pain um because otherwise if it's not our own we never really know the value of it whether that be the the reward or or the pain or the or the failure so i don't know i mean Yeah, look, I definitely make different decisions um, with knowing what I know now, but, you know, that's a... You also can't.
0: You also can't go backwards, right? You build a callus. If you have a bad experience or a learning, where it's always an opportunity, um, you're very unlikely to make that mistake. And on the on the on the other side of it, you could also hopefully help somebody else not be able to make that mistake if you're able to sort of pass it forward. I so respect all of the work that you've done. You've worked personally with me and my business. I was introduced to you by somebody else that I really respect as well. Um, and I I was so excited for you to come on this podcast. I, I wanna be able to share you with everybody who's listening today. Um, I really hope that people are um, you know, really tuned in and focused in on this episode in particular. It's a little different from episodes that we've had prior where we've had people so specifically within the influencer marketing space. Um, but I saw so much value in bringing you on because people are every single day now more than ever having HR issues, business issues, uh, motivational issues. And I know personally that you've helped me with all of those things. So, a question to what you were, you know, just speaking about, about being a leader. And I love that you said, you know, for all intents and purposes, I maybe looked like I was a great leader before, but perhaps I wasn't having looked back now. That's so interesting to hear. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And Mm -hmm. also to the women who are listening, how can we be better leaders now?
1: Yeah. So I think, um, so uh, I'll talk, both sides, because one thing that I was that I've always been very good at in, at, in leadership, and I think this is very important for small business owners, um, because I, when I was starting and I needed to start recruiting, I didn't really have anything to offer, so I couldn't pay the staff as much as what they could get somewhere else. I couldn't offer them security because I hadn't been in business very long. Um, and I, it, was, it was just my sort of dream. But what I did do really well, and this was my attraction strategy and it still is to this day, and mind you, at the time I didn't realise I was consciously doing this, but um, was that I'm very good at, at sharing my vision and my dream. So what I did was to recruit and get a great people on board when I when and get them to reduce their salary or or take a take a punt with me over somewhere more secure was I shared my vision and what I was trying to create and why it was important and why that I, I truly believe and our mission is to create great workplaces. And what that means is that I truly believe that when someone goes to work, if that workplace is great and bear in mind, great is is different for all types of different industries. But if that workplace is great, that person, that individual is more likely to go home and and have a positive relationship or communication with their partner they're more likely to go and exercise they're more likely to get involved in their kids sport or in the community and that has a ripple effect and that ripple effect of those individuals can change our world and i also believe that on the flip side of that if people go to a workplace and it's not great it's pretty shitty they're more likely to go home and snap at their spouse and go i'm going to lie on the couch and not bother you know going out and exercising or getting involved in the community, and that has a ripple effect. So I believe that if I, can, if I can go into small businesses and make those workplaces great by helping those leaders, then those individuals will then go out and do great things and we will make a better world. And I I'm, I'm really believe that. And I remember I had an employee once who said to me, how is this little business in Brisbane, Australia, going to change the world? And I was like... You don't get it. One person, one person's ripple can make such a big difference. And so I've always been very, I've I've always focused on sharing the vision of the business, why we do what we do, why it matters, Um, sharing what it means to be a small business owner and entrepreneur, what it really, really means. And what that has done is it's engaged my people to want to come on board and to make those personal sacrifices and to work hard for me to help me create this because we all want to be part of something more than just ourselves. And as leaders, we have an opportunity to share our why, why we chose to do this, why does it matter? And the biggest tool that we have at our disposal for performance and engagement and attraction that costs nothing is our story. Where did we come from? So the story I just shared about having nothing and all of those things, whenever we recruit and we hire someone, I have an hour session with them telling them about my journey but a lot more detailed about my childhood and the difficulties and why what that led to and then what that led to and then why that now is part of who we are and what we do. So the, telling the story is really important. So that's what I would say I'm very good at and I think is um, something that every leader should really embrace because it doesn't cost anything and it's what really we're all looking for is hope and leadership and inspiration. Um, as far as what I um, wasn't good at is that I I was very much I wanted every my people to like me and I wanted to be friends. I had this vision of like we'd all be friends and for the first five staff it was like that and it was great and I loved it but ultimately my job is not to be friends my job is to create an environment where they can be the best that they can be where they can grow and develop and most of us really want growth and progression in some form that's what we're looking for more than pool tables and extra snacks you know we want to feel at the end of the day like we've done a good job and so I let my staff off the hook way too many times. I, if they did something wrong, I would say, oh, I'll, I'll fix that because I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable and I didn't want to lose them. And, in fact, what I was doing was a huge disservice to them because I was, I was stunting their growth by not allowing them or enabling enabling them to um, have to deal with the, the, the learnings that they need to deal with. And so now when I look back on how I was a leader to who I am now, I'm much, much stronger. In my job is to help you be the best that you can be, and that's not going to be comfortable. And you may not like me at times, but you will respect me. So, the respect over liking. I think that when you respect someone, you you're more likely to like them. But if you like someone, you're not necessarily going to respect them. <laughs> so, <that's> interesting. <laughs> it, it's interesting.
0: No, I love that. I. I'd love to sort of dive into that a little bit more. I feel like with the unique times that we're in right now, there has been sort of a shift between a, a work relationship, a personal relationship, Simply because of the fact that, you know, we might have to, as colleagues, have to hop on a a conference call, a video conference, and you're seeing my bedroom or you're seeing my children in the background um, based on social distancing, people are craving that, also conversely craving that interaction. So people are having virtual happy hours and, you know, maybe just bridging the uh, the gaps of, of unique relationships that they were right. that didn't previously exist. So uh, there's a lot to that. It's new yeah. for a lot of people. And I hear what you just said, which is, maybe the ideal is to have a working relationship where people respect you but avoiding having the whole thing just look like or feel like a friendship in these times when some of the lines can be blurred what's your advice for people how to navigate that how do how to how to work best in this situation
1: yeah and i think that's a really a really good point. My my view on how we lead right now and what I have been saying to our clients is that number one thing we need to be as leaders is human. We're all going through this. We're all struggling in our own ways. And as leaders, we are expected to provide hope and certainty and leadership to our people. And so I know for myself, I need to be strong for them. But that doesn't mean that I'm not human with them. So the other day we got our team together. The the whole purpose of the call was to just to see what's going on for everyone. And everyone went around and they talked about how this is impacting them. And it was so interesting to me to hear everyone's perspective. And there was a lot of tears. And, you know, one person was saying, I have no, nothing bad is happening in my world, but I feel immense fear and pain for home they say it's where the heart is they also say it's wherever you make it they don't say it's where you unload your stuff get tired halfway through unpacking use some boxes as furniture realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand don't want to buy a new nightstand and use a towel as an oven mitt instead but no matter where you call home, Geico makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. All the people that are being impacted by this, and I don't even know them, and she was very emotional about this. And I was like, wow. And someone else, her whole family is in Italy, and so it's very raw, and she doesn't want to go there she doesn't want to go if she has to and she felt guilt around that and um and and then someone talked about the fact that they feel bad that they're worried about their nails and you know that they can't get a manicure and I was like oh, tell me about it and so my role in that time was to share what was happening in my world of you know three kids homeschooling feeling like I'm failing every day and that how I'm how I manage that feeling of failure at the same time as um being a leader to them and saying, you know what, it's totally okay that you um, are worried about your roots needing to be done and that's okay and it's, and it's not a time for guilt. This is not a thing to be feeling guilty about. This is we're human beings. And so this, this balance of, of being a leader and being strong but showing vulnerability and transparency around I'm one of you too but you can rely on me for um support right now is sort of being human and and i'm i'm sort of saying to clients especially ones that are having to downsize and um uh lay off people is is to just be a human you know like we all understand that there's a lot of things that we just there's no other choice right now um and so how we communicate that is you know there's just we can't think, oh, well, what will my lawyers say that I, how I need to say this or, you know, what are the rules? It's like, you know what, we are in a time that none of us have ever been in before and we just have to go from from our heart. I think. And, and I actually think that most of, most of the time I really hate leading through rules and legislation but unfortunately you know we have to be be smart but i really think that if we can be more human around the reality of our worlds um then that goes a long way
0: yeah i actually would venture to say that even pre-covid um, you might have even had a similar answer. Just knowing you and knowing how you're you show strength with vulnerability and um just how you've taught me to relate to um to my employees and things like that. So it's such a difficult time. You want to be there for people, right? Like you, you, you see everything that's going on and you want to be there for people, but Let's talk about how you also need to be there for yourself. I just firmly believe that without having a foundation of your own well-being, you're unable to be there for other people. Um, So in a position of leadership where you are going through personal and professional struggles right now. What would you tell leaders to to do to take care of themselves during this time?
1: Yeah, and I am not the best person to talk about this because I am—I beat myself up and my expectations are unrealistic. But but I'm working really hard on it right now, and I think that. Um, and I and I, as you said, look, I'm a big. My whole approach is to be, you know. Tell it, tell it how it is. But as far as in my world right now, and I, as I said, I have very many days where I feel like I've failed, and um, and 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 it's interesting because if you went back and looked at a number of my talks that I've done, I talk about how I I give no time to failure. I don't even I don't even recognize the word, and um, it's never been something that I've ever thought about. And and yet in the last two weeks, I used it more than I probably have used in that word in my entire life it's it's really interesting um but what what I'm doing right now is I'm setting very small goals so I cannot cope with the amount of social media that's coming in saying another 30-day challenge and now we have to do this every day and send it to I'm just like It's enough of a challenge to get through every day right now. I cannot get involved in that. But I'm setting myself small goals. And on some days I feel like I can do three great goals. I can go for a run and beat my time and I can um, eat really well and I can get some work done. And then other days if I can just drink three bottles of water, um, then that is a win. And so I'm trying really hard to go with the flow of myself each day which isn't coming doesn't come naturally to me um but but in saying that i have really been wanting to improve on my self-compassion for some time and i remember talking to um, a coach uh not that long ago um and we were talking about compassion self-compassion and i was like what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean I I don't even I don't even I don't register with that self-compassion and I at that time I was like I really want to nail this because how can I truly be a great influence or a great leader to others if I can't have self-compassion and so it's funny how um, probably my biggest area of personal development that I wanted to work on and that I found found would be the most challenging for me is the one that right now is staring me in the face and really making me work on it. And I hope that I come out of this as someone who um, can give to myself what I so easily can give to others. That's what I hope.
0: And isn't that so interesting? That's something that I would I would assume that you would probably say is one of your biggest strengths, which is helping others is actually one of your most difficult struggles to help yourself. Um, yes. you're in a business where you're around people all the time, you're in a people business and You're giving support to others. You know, you're in a wonderful organization that I'd love to touch on at some point, uh, EO. Uh, WIM is a networking group and a support system. What does the ideal support system look like to you?
1: So uh, this is interesting for me because a support system is only as good as if you choose to use it so i could call upon any amount of people or groups or networks right now there is never and i don't think there is for anyone a lack of people that would be there should i need it uh, or you know when i need it but unless i actually reach out there's only so much that support group can do for me. So one of these, um, one of this part of self-compassion and this development in this area for me is I'm very good at putting a moat around me, I think I might have talked to you about this before, a moat around me and saying, I'm okay, I can do this. I, and I, I grew up um, in a situation where um, I was really, I really couldn't rely on anybody. Uh, I was kicked out of home, and I wasn't safe. And there was a number of things, and I learnt very early on that the only person I can rely on is me. Now, that that you could look at that and think oh, that's really sad, and it's very, very there is a sad element to that. A big part of that is why I've been able to create and do the things that I've wanted. That I've done and create the life that I have, and is because I I learned, you know, if I want something, then I can I've got to make that happen, and that and that is a great um, attribute I think. But at the same time, there's is a very very adverse side to that of 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 making yourself alone and not reaching out when needing it. So. So, I, so I just would say, like, you know, there's so much support out there, but we have to take that step to ask for it. We have to put a hand out and say, um, "I need help." And when you're in a role in your family, in your businesses, in your business, um, and in your community of being someone who is the strength and the strong one, and the one that um, is there to to help others, um, it's really hard to to change that role at different times. And it's not because people aren't there for you or people don't want you to change that role. It's just it's not what you're used to. So that's why, for me, organisations like Entrepreneurs' Organisation has been critical for me because a couple of things, and it's a bit like what you have created, Jesse, in that it's a tribe that are people like me, entrepreneurs who have chosen to go against society's norms, and to do things um, because we think we can, even if we may have no evidence <laughs> that we can. Um, and so being in a tribe of people that are like you, where they, you speak the same language, um, so is, is been really critical. So I joined EO, I think, seven years ago, and that's a global entrepreneurs organisation. Um, and there's a number of elements to what's provided, but ultimately what it provided for me was people that see the world the same way or um, are putting themselves in a position that um, that is similar. And, and so I found that over the course of my um, entrepreneurial career, I've lost a lot of friends and family along that journey <clears throat> purely because they couldn't understand how I could do what I would, was doing. And I, what I mean by that is, they couldn't understand why I would make the sacrifices that I made or why I would make the, I've made the choices that I've made. And I've made some pretty hard choices um, that don't necessarily align to what people would think uh, is the right thing to do. Um, and so they couldn't understand that. And, um, and so, you know, relationships tend to sort of distance when, you know, you, you don't have the same mindset. So I think that being around people like yourself is so, so important, so important. So important. Yeah.
0: You can't really pick where you grow up, but you can choose where you end up being. You can architect your own life. And um, as you get older and you gain wisdom based on interactions that you have, people that you meet, just things that you learn, um, what feels right is usually surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded, that believe in what you believe in, your core values. They'll never be a dream discourager. They would never do that to you. They would encourage you. They would build you up. They would support you. So it's beautiful to hear that you found that for yourself. Let's talk a little bit uh, more about, about living a no-plan-B life. <laughs> yeah. We're talking a little bit about dreams and finding your tribe. And if you go online on your website, you talk a lot about this no plan B life, which is throwing out the idea of failure or waiting for the right time. And this is a crazy time that we're in right now. And why not now to do some things that you've been sitting on, brainstorming about, holding off on? I would love to hear a little bit about the living a no plan B life right now.
1: Well, no plan B is my life mantra. I have it tattooed uh, on my wrist and... Um, and basically what that means, and you may have heard this Anthony Robbins quote of if you want to take over the island, you have to be prepared to burn the boats. And so my my belief is, I strongly believe that we have so much more potential in us than what we realise. And often other people see that potential in us more so than what we do. But we're so much more capable than what we think. And so if we if we have a safety, so if you imagine yourself hanging on a hanging off a rock and you've got a safety net there, you're you're much more likely to let go sooner if you have a safety net there. If you had no safety net, think about how much longer you might hold on for or how much you may actually be able to survive a situation that you may have given up on had you had a safety net. And so I feel like if we take the safety net away, what would we be capable of? This is the sort of how I think about it. I think about the end of my life and I, I visualise myself and I do a lot of visualisation. I visualise myself sitting on an old rocking chair and having all of these grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren all, all sitting around me. And I think, I think in my head about them saying, so, so great-great-great-great-grandma, tell, tell us about your life. And I can say, well, have I got a story for you? And I think about the fact that I want to have this flavoursome life, this life filled with experiences. And experiences aren't always good. They're about getting out there and, and being backing yourself enough and having enough courage to put yourself out there. And knowing that you're going to get hurt, knowing that you're going to fall down, knowing that you're going to lose people along the way and deciding maybe you have to change paths, whatever it may be, but actually going out and just giving it your all. Like that's how I want my life to be. And so that's what no plan B is for me. And there have been times, so many times, when I have had normal human inclination of, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, it's too hard. And I've looked at that tattoo and I've gone, no, You do want this. And this doesn't mean that I don't change my mind or I don't change the path. That's not about that. It's about saying, am I changing my path because there's a better way or am I changing my path because I'm quitting because it's hard? Like That's not who I want to be and I want to go out and experience life. And so... If we tie that into right now and being someone who started a business at the start of the global financial crisis, the world has stopped. There's nothing good about this time. However, the reality is, is that we are going to get out of this. We are going to come out of this. And so if we think about after that, I believe there is no better time to start a business. And if you've got listeners that are sitting there thinking, I've always wanted to go out on my own, I've always wanted to start my business, or I've always wanted to do this thing with my current business, um, this is the best time because if you can create something now, you will survive the next crisis. Um, it's the ones that build things in the good times that really, really struggle in times like this because they don't know how to be. I only know how to deal, do hard times. And so I was never, I'm not afraid of the hard times because I believe I have the resources in me to work around it and get, get through it. Um, because everything I have I've built myself and I know that if I lose everything tomorrow I have the ability to um, build it build it up again so there's no fear there there's no real fear because I back myself it's like that quote around the the bird is never afraid of the of the uh, branch it's sitting on because it knows if it breaks it has the wings to fly and so it's that that same sort of view. So I think for those that are wanting to do something, this is an amazing time to do it. And and beware that the worst people to talk about, to talk with about wanting to do something risky or different are the people that love you, your parents, your your, your family, they're the worst people to speak to if you're going to want to take a risk because their whole job is to keep you safe. They want you to be safe, right? So they're not going to want you to go and do something that is potentially putting you at risk of failure or not having enough money or not being able to, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, so don't talk to them. <laughs> don't talk to them. They're coming from a good place. But they're not the right people to talk to. This is a time when uh, for people who are prepared to truly just Back themselves and that's one thing that I um, you know whilst I didn't have many other things I do I do back myself like I do and that's really um, my plan a I
0: love that. Oh, I love, I love that. that. I mean, you know, so much of what you said resonated. I'm sure it resonates with so many people listening. Um, you know, there, there's the ability to grow and build that callous like we were talking about before to know that like I've been through a difficult situation. I maybe, you know, started my career or my new business in a time when like there was nothing um, and I had to fight and I had to be resourceful and scrappy and work harder than I ever have before. It's exactly what you said. You're proving to yourself in every moment that that happens, that you could do it again if you needed. And hopefully you won't, but you would know how to navigate your way out of it. You would know how to handle it. You would, you would be able to withstand the pressure and all that that entails. Most people don't have that. Um, So again, like stick with your tribe, stick with people that appreciate the full life that is built from taking risk and being an entrepreneur is certainly, you are absolutely a risk taker. What would you tell your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today?
1: So there's two things I want to say here. So to answer that question, I think what I know now is that adversity is your biggest gift. So all of the things that I didn't have, all of the things that happened when I was growing up, they were they were my gift. And had I known that at the beginning, well, it would have been different. I think I just would have been able to bring my bring it all to get, bring my journey all together and really channel that um, rather than having to sort of work that work that out over a longer period of time. But all of the things that you don't have, all of your adversity is, is actually a biggest gift. and I worry about that with my children because they don't have any adversity. But one of the things I thought was if I only had one piece of advice to give to my children if I could only give them one what would that be and that would be that regardless of how unlikely it is that you will achieve your dream how impossible it may seem chase your dream anyway give it everything you've got take away those safety nets you know the stories of you know the child who wants to be a um, a rock singer but their parents say well go and get a law degree just in case you know they're going to end up a lawyer you know <laughs> there's no doubt about it it's like it's my so to me it's to saying to my children chase the dream with everything you've got and if it doesn't work out you'll be okay and my view now is that if I if that was the piece of advice that I'm going to give my children then who am I to give them that advice, if I'm not prepared to live that. I have no right to say, go and chase your dreams. I'm too afraid to chase mine, but can you do it? I have no right to do that. So my number one job now is to give my children a front row seat in dream chasing. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And so if I look back on what advice would I give, it would be what I'm giving my children. Chase the dream, back yourself, take away the safety nets and go for it and if you don't make it you'll be fine you'll be fine but enjoy that journey of chasing it because what is what what is life about if you're not going for what you truly want
0: and it is and it's the ability to you know speak to your great 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 grandchildren (laughs) or have them talk about you and say oh what a life she lived what a life she lived i i hope that people listening want to get in touch with you, um, to connect, what's the best way that they can connect with you?
1: Well, I'm on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, websites but if you if you go to instagram sell underscore watts then i'm posting there all the time and then you can go i've got a youtube channel where i put vlogs up at least every week um my vlog called the unconventional life but i also put a lot of things up for small business owners so go to instagram and then you'll there's a link tree and it directs to everything else
0: perfect and we'll link all of that in the show notes to this episode i cannot emphasize enough how incredible cell is and the you know 45 minutes or so that we've been chatting is just a tip of the iceberg to how much information and compassion and support she can provide cell thank you so so much for being on today
1: thank you jesse you are an inspiration babe never forget that
0: Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in.